Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Uh, we are so excited and glad that you are joining us today. What Overtime is, is our weekly podcast. It's our weekly production where we get to talk about the content of what we preached about at the Christian Life Center over the weekend. So pretty excited. It's the opportunity for us to do a little bit of a deeper dive to be able to kind of jump in. We are coming to you live during the COVID season. So as always, you never know what to expect. You could get phone calls. You could get dogs barking. You could hear anything. There's just, it's, we are living in an interesting time. So bear with us with any technical difficulties or any screaming children or anything that might happen. So it's just, that's the world we live in. Um, before we jump into the content, and actually I should probably introduce myself. Hi, I'm Ben, one of the pastors at CLC. This is Gary. Gary's with us. Do you want to say hi, hey, Gary? Hey, everybody. I'm one of the pastors, too. Good to see you. <laughs> and Gary actually preached this past weekend, so we're going to be diving into the content. Um, we're not in the middle of a series. We're actually in a couple standalone messages, both last week and this coming week. We're just kind of doing standalone uh, messages. This past weekend was Memorial Day weekend, so therefore, Gary brought a message that I feel like is very timely, kind of remembering um, and the importance of remembering in our walk with God. And we're excited to dive into that. I do want to say, just as we kind of jump into this, where we are right now as we're recording this, it is May 26th, the day after Memorial Day. But with COVID-19, um, there's been kind of a lot of changes. There's been some presidential updates considering and calling churches essential. Um, so what that means is that there's a lot of question right now as to what happens next. So is the church going to be opening? Are we going to do that? I will say this, that we are pretty excited and anxious to open the church back up. But what we're working through is what that actually looks like. So we're trying to figure out the details. We want to be prudent and wise within that. But understand that we are super excited to get back to being able to meet with one another. So bear with us. If you need any updates, I would suggest checking out our website, clcfamily.church. You can find all of our updates there. We're going to keep you posted as best we can, as often as we can. Um, also, if you don't have our app, you can text CLC Family. That's one word, CLC Family app to the number 77977. And you can download our app. Also connect with us through Facebook, CLC Family. Um, I think it's facebook.com slash CLC Family, if I remember correctly. So Stay tuned. There's a lot of things changing. There's a lot of different events that are happening. Uh, I feel like we're even day to day in this. We just had a conversation at our staff meeting where we're talking about what does it mean to open. We're having another conversation tomorrow. So we are anxious uh, and eager to get back to being able to assemble. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering where we're at, bear with us. We will keep you updated as best as we can and just stay with us. So that's all the announcements that we have. Um, yeah, we're excited to jump in. Sorry, Gary's just been listening for the last five minutes. Going, okay. <laughs> At some point, Ben's going to have me talk. But yeah, so uh, Gary, for this weekend, do you want to kind of give us a uh, kind of a breakdown of what we were able to talk about and kind of where you took us in the direction of the message? Um, and then maybe that's a great starting point for us. Sure, I'd be glad to. So, you know, I think that um, when you look at the... Um, the message of the Bible, and you look actually all the way from um, the book of Genesis all the way to the end in the book of Revelation, there's a consistent theme of God saying, remember all the things that I have done for you, yeah. because those things then actually enable us by remembering God's mighty acts. It reminds us that God is present with us actually today, but it also helps us to know that God is with us in the future when things may seem uncertain to us as well. So so it's a great uh, message in terms of talk about that. And I really, you know, I enjoyed the Memorial Day link to that because I think, again, that um, even though that's a, a national holiday here and we're really um, talking about um, those who have served in the military service and that kind of thing, and, and especially those who have given their lives um, in military service, we, um, we also capture this theme that, that remembering what God has done is important for us. It's important for our spiritual life. And so that's where I was going with that. And we, you know, we'll flesh it out a little bit more as we go. Yeah. And so maybe to start, I feel like the first question is that you said um, that this, this message is a little bit different than what we normally do. And you said it was a topical. 
for right. somebody that maybe is used to church here, you might be able to understand, or you can just use context clues and just kind of figure out what that means. Um, can you maybe explain that a little bit more and maybe even just generally what we do? Like if it's not topical, what, what do we usually do? Maybe we could start with just a basic understanding of, of how we do messages generally and how this one kind of stood apart. Sure. I'd be glad to do that. So I, I think that we tend to do, um, a topical message is where you do take a topic and you try to expound on it and you look through, you know, the whole Bible to see how it is that that message is brought about. So the danger in a topical message is that there is a tendency to want to fit scripture to say something that it's not necessarily saying. I think that's the thing right. we have to be careful of. But an exegetical sermon, which is actually what we do usually, is where we pick a passage of scripture and we actually go through that passage verse by verse. So hmm. I did want to differentiate this because I think, again, there's a place for the topical sermon. It's just a matter of making sure that we're not, here's an example, like sometimes a pastor will find a joke they really like, and, you know, they'll basically build their whole sermon around that joke. Well, that's, that's not really helpful. I mean, um, it's more helpful to actually build your sermon around actual scripture. Um, right. And that's what really feeds us. So, so anyway, I think this, um, there's, there's all kinds of evidence um, throughout the whole life of the people of Israel for how remembering and reenacting all the festivals and everything else was really important to who they were. And it helped right, right. them to remember why they were there and what God was calling them to do and who God was calling them to be in those moments. So that's what I think was important for us to catch in this, um, yeah. this sermon on remembering. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I would agree. I feel like a lot of times we are exegeticalized and we let the passage kind of bring up the topics that we should kind of talk about. Um, but I also do think that topical messages do have a place. We tend to be more exegetical and let God's word kind of speak and interpret itself. But I feel like on, on some weeks it's important to do that. Like I, I think that it is really important. And I feel like as I listen to the message over the weekend, <laughs> as I'm listening to a message on being reminded of God's faithfulness, I'm reminded of God's faithfulness, right? Like there's, right. there's something important about that memory. And, and even as we talked about kind of the setting up of, of these memorials to remember what God has done, I think that's really important. So um, that's kind of how you started off the message, just kind of explaining that memory is important. Um, you, <laughs> I'm going to pick fun at you for a second. Uh, <laughs> like most of you, if you're listening, you've heard of the expression, like that's a dad joke. Um, well, Gary, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think you used a granddad joke on Sunday about the importance of memory, but uh, right. I talked about the importance of memory and it's just kind of a lighthearted way to start the message and, um, and really the significance of memory uh, and remembrance for a believer. But I just, Maybe for those that missed the message, or maybe just even as a recap, why do you think it's so important for us as believers to kind of park on this idea of remembering what God has done or just being reminded of, of his faithfulness and goodness? Why is that so important for us as believers? Yeah, well, it's, it's a consistent theme, you know, throughout the Old Testament. And so one of the things that happens is as we, as we actually remember the mighty acts of God. And this is, I guess, how I would say it. Like, so for the people of Israel, it was um, God actually delivering them, bringing the Passover. Um, it was God parting the Red Sea so they could walk across on dry land. I mean, there's just some amazing things that are happening. And so when we actually remember what God has done in the past, that God's provided deliverance for us, it reminds us of the benefits of what God has for us right now in the present. But it also helps us to capture again the promises of God that are there for us in the future. So, so yeah. what we do is we're we're living into a story that's already been told, but we're claiming that as our story. And in claiming that as our story, we're getting the benefit of realizing that God did that for us as well, which gives us this confidence of God being with us today and of God moving with us into the future. Yeah. So that's sort of that's in a good. nutshell. Yeah, I, one of the things that one of the statements that you said on uh, on the weekend, over the weekend, you said faith requires remembrance. And I think that that's so good just in the point that you're making right now is that when we look back and we see God's faithfulness, it gives us confidence to go into the future knowing if God has done it in the past, he's going to continue to be faithful. So I think that's it's really good for us to believe. 
as believers to remember is that, man, when we look to see God's track record and see that he is perfect, maybe not in the way that we expected him to be or wanted him to be in the moment, when we understand that he's got a perfect track record, it gives us faith as we move into the future. So I think that that's really good. So uh, kind of the main text, uh, well, there's two different texts that you used, um, or a couple different ones. You, you talked about Deuteronomy, you talked about Psalms, uh, and you talked about Joshua. What would you say, uh, I don't know, do you want to highlight each of those texts? I was going to ask, what would you say was the main text that you used? But I feel like all three of those were kind of important to the point that you were making. So did you want to expound on maybe De- Deuteronomy at first, like, and, and talk about what was happening in that passage? Sure, I'd be glad to. So I think that um, this is, again, this is what happens with topical sermons, is that you, you know, you're not necessarily landing on one certain scripture, but you're looking again at a topic that the Bible is really expounding. So the main passage, I felt like sort of the diving in point for me was actually Deuteronomy 4.9, which says, but take care and watch yourselves closely, so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen, nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. And so that is sort of the, a lot of times, and we've we've seen this before um, in Deuteronomy, where Moses is not going to go with the people of God to the promised land. He's going to stay behind. But he's written this, he's written Deuteronomy as kind of a commentary on everything that's happened in the book of Exodus. And so Moses is talking about, you know, that he is, he is, He's angered God. So he's actually not allowed to go into the promised land, which is a whole nother interesting thing um, that right. might be t- you know, tough for us to understand. But the reality is that we're invited into this kind of remembering. And, and so he says again, sort of over and over, it's really, it's almost a little redundant, but it's really cool is that, you know, the theme is remember. And then I said this earlier, you know, it's remember not to forget. Um, don't forget to remember and simply remember to remember. And so, so God continually reminds us that, um, you know, that God has been faithful and that we need to um, meditate, think about that, and allow that to influence us. Yeah, that's good. Um, you talked about, I'm just reading through my notes here. You said failure to remember um, turned into bad situations for the believers. And um, I can't remember if it was this or the next thing that I wrote down that you listed out several examples of, of that. And it might have been the next thing. The next thing that I um, wrote down was by remembering I know God better and I can grieve my sin. I can know that I'm secure and I can know that God is faithful because God directs my life back to, to God. Um, as you're looking at this, one of the things that I was reminded of is that as you were giving, I believe it was examples of how God was faithful in the past and and remembering. It just made me think of if there was any other examples of people that were were bringing that same message or talking about a message that was a call to action to remember. Can you give us maybe even some of the examples that you gave on over the weekend, but also maybe if there's any more examples that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, sure. So I think um, one of the interesting things is that in this whole Deuteronomy passage and sort of leading a little bit later with it, one of the things that Moses is concerned about is that if the people of God begin to forget that actually their whole life is due to God's grace and involvement in in their lives, that they may start to actually think that they're doing things on their own power. Like, you know, they... um. And here's an interesting point. So in Exodus, um, the people of God were actually always um, contributing to Pharaoh's economy. They they didn't have their own economy. They were slaves, right? So everything that they did built the wealth of the Egyptians. It didn't build their own wealth. Well, now that they're actually coming into the promised land, it's the first time that they have to actually um, begin now to um, build their own wealth. In fact, I think that's part of why um, one of the first things that happens is God talks to them about the need for Sabbath, like the, the Ten Commandments, need for Sabbath, right? And part of that is because if they work all the time, then they become a slave to work and they're not free anymore. And so 
God wants to really tell them, don't, don't fall back into slavery. Even, even slavery to work is not going to bring you where you want to be. And so what happens is we have this series of God reminding them and, and saying, hey, you might have that temptation of think, hey, it's by my hand I did it. Hey, it's by my power I did it. And, and God's saying, no, it's not that at all. In fact, the lesson here is that God has done these things so that you can actually have a good life. And so remember those as well. And so, so they're invited again to remember. And, you know, some of the things that Deuteronomy talks about is remember the Sabbath. Um, remember to give thanks for your blessings. Um, remember to confess your sins. Remember to give joyfully. Um, remember to act with justice and compassion towards others. Um, remember those who are immigrants and orphans that are in your midst. And, and remember the poor. And so all, all of these things help them to remember that there are people that are set apart by God to be God's people and to make a difference where they're at. And so I think that's part of what is really being said here. Now, to flip that side, um, so Ben, you're right, because when we actually get to the book of Judges, then what happens is we find out that Israel forgot. Like they they forgot yeah. who God had called them to be. And so what happens a lot is that then they they go off and they worship idols and they worship you know false gods that are in that area and in doing that they're they're letting go of their sense their sense of who they really are and so right, god right. calls them back to that and, and really judges become sort of this falling away and being called back to remember i mean it, it continually happens that way and so the judges come in and they say hey you've missed the mark here's where you need to be and they they offer correctives to the people of israel so they can continue to live out the life that God's called them to. Yeah. And I, I think that that's so true of us, right? Like what we see in, in the Old Testament through the history of the Israelites is that we see God do mighty, incredible things, and then the people forget. Like, and maybe it's the next yeah. generation or the following generation. Like, right, as you see right. this cycle of people, God does something incredible, and then people forget and they turn away and there's a cycle because even even as you were preaching over the weekend i was thinking of the examples of the prophets right like these major and these minor prophets who came and were kind of declaring to remember what god has done and even in the worst of situations as they're taken into exile and taken cap captive like there was still a, a prophet that would bring this word that would just tell people to remember what god either had done is doing or what he would do in the future that was so important for the the believers uh, important for israel that they would remember that and even as i'm thinking of you know as some of the eggs these exiles come back there's kind of this finding and i'm thinking of nehemiah and ezra like they're they find the law and they're reading the law and then they're grieved yeah. because they've forgotten the law and all of a sudden now there's this remembrance and and breathing, but then there's also this joy in finding the law. And I think that that, I don't know, for me, as I was sitting there listening to the message, I was reminded of the importance of the prophets and the importance of remembering. And I just only, for me, kind of re reemphasize what you are already saying is that, man, we need to be reminded of that, not just because God commands us to, but just as people, we tend to forget. Like I tend to forget God's faithfulness, but if I can be intentional about remembering what God has done, man, there's a peace that can come in that. And when I can remember in the last situation that was difficult, how God showed up, man, I can trust that he's going to show up again in this situation. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. I just felt like as you were talking, man, it, it was good because uh, yes, that remembrance is so important, not just because we should remember it, but there's something that happens within me as I am remembering what God has done. When I remember his faithfulness, yeah. when I remember his yeah. works, when I remember his laws and his decrees, um, thinking of, of David, who wrote an entire chapter in Psalms about like loving God's word, which seems crazy because it's a really long chapter, but it's just he loved God's word and law, and he wanted to remember it and recall it so that he could live by what God would call him to. So I don't know, any thoughts that you would add to that, just in the sense of our human nature and our fact yeah. that we tend to be forgetful and how that right, right. how that kind of coincides with this area of remembering Christ? 
Yeah, I think that one of the things, and this is where I would say, so I, I titled this sermon, the, the Spiritual Practice of Remembering. But I think that it actually begs a bigger question for us, and that is, how are we actually practicing what we believe on a lot of different levels? So one of the things that I thought about and you know made a part of the sermon was that you know, maybe one of the ways that we can actually connect more with God is by taking time to write down, um, to journal what our prayer requests are. But then here's the thing. Instead of just forgetting about that, going back and actually saying, hey, this prayer request was answered on this date. And, yeah. and part of what we're doing is we're we're creating a practice that helps us to capture what God is actually doing in our lives. And so um, by doing that, and, and here's the thing, like when you go back and you look at that list, it's very encouraging because you're like, yeah. wow, there's all these things I was praying about, but God actually showed up and answered these things. Yeah. And But our tendency, you know, here's our tendency is to, oh God, help me with this. And then the answer comes and we move on to the next thing we're concerned about. We forget, you know, again, here's the forgetfulness. We, we forget that God answered that prayer. And we move yeah. on to the next thing. So, so again, I think that journaling, um, I talked a little bit about spiritual autobiography, which is where you can actually, um, or another way of saying it is testimony, like actually taking your life and thinking about how did God show up for me when I was a kid? How did God show up for me when I was um, an adolescent? How did God show up for me when I was an adult? How, how has God been faithful to me over the years? And, and see, when you capture that story, what you're doing is you're starting to see your story in the larger story of what God's doing in the world. And, and that reminds us why we're here and what we're supposed to be doing and who we belong to as well. So that's really huge, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's really good. Like, yeah, I, I, so you're talking about journaling, like, and I, I feel like I have this love hate relationship with journaling. Um, sure. I, so when I was younger in my faith, that was something I was reading a book at the time that really encouraged me to write a journal and journaling does not come natural for me. Like I just, yeah. I, I feel like I tend to think through my emotions. Like I'm very in, well, I'm externally processing, but I, I can feel through and think through kind of what I'm dealing with, but to actually put that on paper was very difficult for me. So I did it. I remember for like two years, two years I journaled. It was difficult and challenging and hard, but I did it. And I think this is why I loved it and I hated it is because I hated it because it didn't come naturally to me. It wasn't something that I could just sit down and do. Some people that just comes naturally to them. And if you are somebody that likes to write and likes to journal men, go, lean into that, go for it. But for me, that was not my cup of tea. Yeah. But the part I loved about it was actually what you're saying is that after those two years had passed, I remember reading through it and reading through the struggles that I had. And, and then it's so different when you're reading it like two years after the fact of when you wrote it, you're going, wow, that was a, such a big struggle and ordeal for me then that now I don't even think about it. Like I, I worked through that or God moved in that situation to the point that I don't even put thought into that. And there were so many little examples that were in the moment so profound and so important that I couldn't see past them that two years later was like, wow, yeah. I can't believe I even struggled with that. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Wrestled with that. So I think that that's what the benefit of, of journaling can be and is. And that's the argument that you're making is that, yeah. man, if you can do that, and maybe if you're like me and you struggle with journaling, maybe you don't even call it a journal. Maybe you call it a prayer log where right, you just write right. down the things that you're praying for and then write a response for when God showed up and he worked in it. Like, you know, yeah. the date and this is what I'm praying for. And then yeah. maybe you can go back in time and just do that. So it doesn't, you don't have to put all of this work into it. And I think that's probably why I hated it is that I felt like yeah. I had to write like a yeah. page a day and I'm like, yeah. I've got six yeah. sentences and that's it. Um, so, so I've, you know, I've taught, um, you know, a spiritual formation class at Palmer Seminary for like the last, you know, 15 years. And that's the biggest complaint I get, because at first we were actually requiring students to journal 
through the whole yeah. thing. In fact, at one at one point, they were supposed to turn their journal into the professor. And I'm like, I've got this journals from all these students. I'm like, I don't think I can read these. Like this, yeah. you know, what if they actually say something personal or yeah. But but I think um so I would say, well, so don't journal. Like maybe dictate something into your notes on your phone or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think again, like it's actually just being able to capture, you know, what yeah. it is you're experiencing. And even more than that, it's actually seeing that God is showing up. So right. whatever it takes to do that, like whatever it takes for you to actually be able to, to see that God is showing up, that's what's the important thing in the midst of it. Yeah, I think that's that's so important and so good. And yeah, I would encourage you to jump in like and prayer log, do whatever it takes. And one of the things that I think that you said, and I'm kind of jumping around my notes here for a second. Yeah, that's okay. I want to continue with this idea of, you know, creating this monument, if you will, and talk about, okay, so for us, it it can be journaling. It can be a number of other things, but then the Israelites, because you used an example from Joshua that I want to get back to. But before we do that, you said you were specifically talking about gratitude. You said gratitude is a choice. It's not a feeling or emotion. It's a habit and a mindset that we can develop. And that's part of that remembering. So you were talking about gratitude in that, but I just thought that that was good in the sense that remembering, I think, isn't one of those things that just happens, right? It takes practice to remember and recall God's goodness. And I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But as you're first starting off, man, it's hard to remember. And so that's why I think why I do, why I did struggle for two years with journaling, and then I eventually stopped the journaling, at least in that way, man, there was a spiritual habit that formed in that where it Mm -hmm. made me start to look back and to recall and to remember God's faithfulness that I feel like, or what I, maybe I should say, I hope that, and I feel confident that I brought into other areas of life. Like while my journaling stopped the way that it had been, I think that I carried that with me as I continue to grow and mature. So I just think that that remembrance isn't something that just happens. I think that human nature and the entire history of Israel, you can see that the natural thing is to forget God's goodness and to yeah. not remember. And so there there almost needs to be an intentional step in that. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, I do. So it's interesting. I had um, one time a friend said to me, you know, well, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing pretty well under the circumstances. And he looked at me and he said, well, what are you doing under those And I thought, what, you know, and, um, and then, but I realized, so I think it's true that gratitude is actually a choice. Like when we, every time we're facing something, you know, we can choose either the sort of negative side of it or the positive side of it. And so I like to think of it that way. So how do we, how do we actually in engaging God, um, allow God to, um, you know, to direct us, to keep our eyes on the right kinds of things. And I think this is part of what Israel is learning is that they're, um, in fact, it's, you know, here's the problem. Like, so Moses just parted the Red Sea and now they're headed towards the promised land. And yet at the same time, they're out in the wilderness and they're like, hey, where's the food? Where's the yeah. water? Like they've yeah. already forgotten. They've, they've yeah. forgotten that there was this amazing miracle that saved them from Pharaoh who would have annihilated them. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, but yet they're like, Hey, you know, we're hungry and I don't think God will provide food for us. And then God does, of course, you know? So, so I think, again, this is our, this is our dilemma. We um, we're narrow sighted, um, short sighted. We forget that God's actually showing up and doing things and, and all that's so important for us to keep remembering. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Just, no yeah, problem. just had a, no a question here on the other realm, in the home realm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So journaling is one of the ways that we can potentially do, you know, we can remember or set up a, I'll, I'll call it a mile marker for what God has done in our lives. Right, right, right. You were talking about Joshua and I do want to ask about Psalms, but I, I'm kind of going out of order. So in I Joshua okay, chapter yeah. three, so what is it that is the significance of this crossing the Jordan? And what is it that they do with these stones? Like, how did the Israelites remember God? Like, right. I, I'm pretty sure that that's what you're talking about. I'm going to pull up uh, I did, Joshua yeah. here. Yeah. So I can did, you talk sure. to that scripture sure. verse? And yep. like, how does that coincide? So we can journal. How did the Israelites remember what God has, had done? Right. 
So it's interesting that God actually tells them to set up a memorial. Like, yeah. And so part of what happens is there's an experience that Israel has. They're standing at the edge of the Jordan River, and, um, and they know that the promised land is right across the river. But it's flood stage, which is what the, the Bible says it's fall, and that that's a normal kind of flood stage. And so they're getting ready to actually walk in. And I think it's really, it's sort of symbolic, but also very cool that the, yeah. um, the ark goes first. And the moment that the priests actually step in the water. So here's the, the thing I think that I didn't say, but I think is so important is sometimes we just have to actually act like, yeah. you know, that, that first step in, they must've thought, Oh my gosh, we're going to get swept away. Yeah. And yet when they step in all of a sudden the water parts and it piles up upstream. So it's, it's totally, God totally intercedes stops the water and they all walk in um, or through on dry ground. It's another yeah. sort of Red Sea crossing, right? But the fun thing about this too is that um, Moses, or excuse me, it's actually Joshua at this point. Joshua says, hey, you know, everybody from the tribes, every tribe grab a stone. And yeah. so they actually grab these stones. And uh, and there's a couple places where it's interesting. One is it sounds like they actually built a memorial in the middle of the river. Um, but they also carried these memorials with them all the way now to the promised land. And yeah. they put them there as a reminder that when they came to the Jordan River, that God parted the water so that they could walk through. And and again, so so here's the application to that is that every one of us have different kinds of memorials. Like yeah. there's certain things that we remember. There's certain things that are important to us. And and God has actually fashioned these things in ways that we can um, we can grow, we can grow spiritually, we can grow in relationships with people. Um, so that's part of what's important about this as well, that um, this isn't something that's just in isolation. They're going to now share this story with their children and with their children's children. Right, and this right. becomes part of their story where God was actually there and they experienced it. And now they're going to continue to pass that on to future generations. So, yeah. so that's where that story becomes their story, becomes the yeah. next generation's story. And, and so, you know, when they sit down and they say, so what did God do at the Jordan River? The kids would say, God stopped the water so that we could right. walk across. And it becomes right. their story. What looks like. Yeah, just so I think kind that's, of, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, what looks like just kind of a random pile of stones, right? Like, okay, they pick up stones, no big deal. They set it down. No, it was an altar. Like they built an altar to remember what God had done. Like it was significant for generations, right? Like yeah. until whatever that eroded, it broke. I mean, you know, an enemy came in, maybe did whatever. So I just think that that's so good that they did it. And even to your point, like it's Josh, Joshua 3. Um, 17 uh, says, so the people crossed over, or 316, the water upstream piled up in a great heap. It's called there, flowing down. Actually, it's 15. Sorry, I'm finding it here. It says, now the Jordan was at flood stage, yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Like, that was the difference between the Red Sea where God parted the water as they came to it. Like, it doesn't say that it touched the water's edge. And then the Jordan, like now they're kind of a step closer and their feet have to touch the water's edge for that to happen. So yeah. it's pretty incredible. And I just, I just think that setting up altars in our lives are important. And I think sometimes things that happen within our life just tend to be altars for us. So for example, I, you know, last week in the message um, that we talked about last week, for me, one of the altars that happened was when my wife and I actually had a miscarriage, like, and that's a tragic terrible moment in our lives however yet god did something incredible and for us while that isn't a physical altar whenever we think about that i can't i cannot separate god's faithfulness in that from the event that happened and i think that there's a lot of times where situations and things that we go through have this memory connection to it that are maybe not a physical altar but a at least a mental altar where we remember the faithfulness of what God has done. So I just yeah. thought that, that that was good. So anything else that you wanted to share from Joshua 3 and chapter 4? Well, I think that, um, you know, part of what's happening is that um, 
you know, God is remembering, is helping them to remember. And I, I guess that, you know, to sort of round off this part of it, um, when we forget, we, we forget, you know, we, we end up moving away from God. And so, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, is that we all do forget. We forget how God's been there. We forget what God's done. We forget that our story is found in the larger story of God. And so, um, you know, being able to remember is so important for us. And, and I guess that sort of brings us into the middle of the message, because I think that part of it is that, um, you know, we, we have Jesus who comes and he says, um, comes as Emmanuel, which literally means God is with us. And so, you know, when we're remembering that God is present with us, even now, right here in this moment, then we realize that God is with us today and that we can, you know, we can bank on that promise and God's presence even for today. And so, again, I think, um, you know, sort of to get us thinking, you know, what what is your story? Um, you know, how do you figure that out? How do you um, begin, you know, by remembering what our story was? I, I was thinking about this the other day for myself before I preached and thinking about, gosh, it was actually a coach in high school who sort of challenged me. And he said, you know, Gary, he goes, I think you ought to teach this Bible study at, um, you know, this Bible study um, that happens at the lunchtime in our, in the high school. And I, I was like, Hey, I can't do that. I haven't even read the whole Bible yet. Like, I mean, I thought I needed to read the whole Bible and he's like, no, he goes, I think you could do this. He goes, I'll, I'll help you with it. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and then it was interesting because the moment that he said he'd help me, the school actually interceded and said, no, um, you know, faculty cannot help with Bible studies. It has to be student led. So I was on my own. I mean, like, but what was really cool about that was that it was through teaching that Bible study at lunchtime at two times. I actually, I actually taught it at one of the lunch hours. And then when I graduated, I came back and taught it for two more years. But it was in that Bible study that I actually started to realize that I loved teaching. I loved engaging with other people that were trying to learn the Bible. And that actually became part of God's call in my life. So, you know, again, these are really important events for us to remember. And um, I think, Ben, and I know you understand this too, like when we actually stop to think about why we're here and how God has called us into ministry, that's one of the things that we need to always sort of grab a hold of because when we forget why we're here, <laughs> then we get into trouble and we start to think, oh my gosh, am I just wasting my time? But if we remember that we've been called, that's when God really enters in and helps bring peace to life. So, yeah. so I think, again, this is being invited in that spiritual life, of, um, which is all a spiritual journey, really, of coming to know God better and understand who God is more fully. Yeah, I think that's good. And I just... Uh, from personal experience, I think that if if I didn't have if I didn't remember the calling that God placed on my life, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be spending my time. But it's that calling that was so big in my life that is still big in my life. Like feeling that this is what God has called me to, that allows me to be faithful in that because I, I and that's probably true of a lot of different people. Like I'm just thinking even like nurses, like you, if you're yeah. not called to nursing, yeah. my wife's a nurse, obviously that's an easy connection for me. If you're not called to nursing, then you're going to burn out. You're going to hate it. And it's going to be terrible. Like that's right. it's just so calling kind of plays a part in probably almost every profession on some level, God is leading you and guiding you and shaping you. And you have to be reminded of why you're doing it. Hopefully like not all the time. I understand that, but hopefully it's more than just about a paycheck. Yeah. Um, even though that's important, like that's a part of what we have to do, right? Some of us find ourselves in a position in a job that, hey, we're doing it because we need a paycheck. But the hope is yeah. that we have an understanding and a, a remembering of what God called us to. And it's a little bit bigger than just that paycheck. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I think, that's in generals, but yeah. But I think you're right. Like, for example, um, you know, even for your wife, you know, that there's that sense of this is what God wants me to do. This is the thing that's life-giving to me. I I find a sense of meaning and purpose in what I'm doing. And right. I think those are the pieces around a call that become really important for us. Um, yeah. On the flip side, you know, if we're only doing something for a paycheck, after a while we start to think, is it really worth it? Like, you know, yeah, is it right. is it really bringing what I want? Am I satisfied? I mean, there's there's definitely more to 
um, what it means to be satisfied in a workplace, you know, than right. just simply getting the paycheck. So I think, right. you know, those are all important things for us to think about as well. So yeah, I, I love I love that you said that because I think we have to be careful um, not to make it sound like only pastoral ministry is what you're called to. That's not true. I mean, yeah, no. we are all called to different vocations, and, and yep. that whole idea of vocation itself, that Latin word, actually means calling. So we're actually entering into a kind of call that God gives yep. to us. So finding finding that place where we think, gosh, this is this, and I think Beekner said it this way: it's like where um, where our greatest desire. Um, reaches the world's greatest need. So when we find yeah. that our desire, and then it actually meets a need that's out there, that's when right. we sense, okay, this is what I'm called to do. So yeah. everybody has a calling, and that's important to to yeah. differentiate as well. I feel like I truly believe, and I've worked with teenagers for a long time who they're in a unique situation, as in, like, as they're graduating high school, they're trying to figure out what college looks like because they're trying to figure out what life looks like. Like, they're trying to plan out their entire year, like their entire yeah. six rest of their life, 60 years or something at 18, right? Like, right, right, like right, we, right, right. any of us have the ability to do that. But like, you know, I remember giving a lot of counseling and saying, yes, God does call pastors and he does call, you know, nurses like that example. But I also believe that God calls electricians and God calls janitors and God calls right. convenience store workers. Like, uh, like God yeah. calls everyone and ministry is not just doing on a professional or even a volunteer level. Ministry is even where you're working, and it's everywhere that God places and calls you. So I, I just think that's, that's good. Right. I, uh, a couple other things, like I wanted to kind of touch base on Psalms uh, 111. So you talked about 10 verses in Psalms 111. Was there anything uh, that you wanted to draw out of from that passage? And then I do want to get to your takeaways. So I feel like that's probably okay. the last two things that I have is is Psalms uh, 111, anything you wanted to add from that passage, and then we'll yeah. talk about the takeaways. Okay, let me, I'm just working to find it real quick. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that, um, you know, part of what Psalm 111 is actually doing is just talking about, you know, remembering again God's great acts and what it is that God has done. And so verse 3 says, says great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. And so again, it's a reminder to us that um, you know that we should actually study and meditate and think about the acts that God has done. What has God done for us? And so that's, I think, a good calling to us. It's it's a whole psalm that's full of you know praise for God because God has done all these amazing things. But at the same time, it's a good reminder that. Um, you know, it says like he's gained renown for his wonderful deeds. This is verse four. The Lord is gracious and, mer and merciful. God provides food for those who fear him. God is never mindful, is ever mindful of his covenant is verse five. And so, you know, it just continues to talk about how God is here and showing up and doing things in our midst. And so how do we capture those things becomes the important thing for us. And so, um, so it was just a wonderful psalm that, highlighted how God is active and alive and working and and calling us to remember and focus and and the whole idea of studying I really liked that so you know this idea that um, you don't just let them go by but actually take time to think about them meditate on them is another way of saying it um, find excitement and enthusiasm in studying and understanding what it is that God's doing those are all really important for us to get as well all right. So Ben, I lost you. It looks like. Sorry, I'm just That's trying okay. to trying to be a teacher at the same time as I'm hosting oh, a podcast. Sorry. So yeah. Well, we're yeah. almost done. You want yeah. me to just go ahead and I can hit on some yeah. of the can takeaways. You, can you talk about your your takeaways yeah. and I will be right back. Sorry. That's no problem. Okay, so let me just give a couple of examples. So here, um, you know, one one things to do is to actually think about you know what it is that God's working and doing in your life, and I think that. Um, you know, there are some uh, events in our lives that actually do serve as a kind of pile of stones that remind us of what God's done. And another way of saying this is what's sometimes called a defining moment. And so thinking about what is it that God has actually done that has made a difference in your life? And, and this comes out of Psalm 77, which says, I will ponder, ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. 
another thing is to actually um, actually take time to thank God for the things that God's done. Um, I think that um, you know when we engage our heart in gratitude, um, then we we understand more what God's doing. And again, like we said earlier, gratitude is oftentimes a choice. We can yeah. we can either be negative or we can be positive. So how do we enter into the positive things? Another thing um, that's sort of a highlight of this, I think that's good for us to think about is, is tell the story or share the story. Um, mm-hmm. If these are really great memories that God's given you, then there should be sort of a natural overflow in our conversations. Like, you know, think about it. Like if God's just answered a big prayer, you know, you want to tell people about that. You, you want to share, wow, this really happened. I mean, this um, last couple of days, we've had some really fun things happen that we've been praying for people and they've been, they've been healed and different operations went better than people were thinking they were going to go all kinds of things like that. So, you know, that becomes a joyous moment where we can actually share those things. And Joshua four actually reminds us again to share them with our kids. So that's a big one. Again, we, you know, there's times when um, we just sort of say, Oh yeah, that happened. Okay. I'm moving on to the next thing, but no, actually take time to talk about it. Um, another thing is that, you know, to think about, this is an interesting thing to think about, but what about holidays and traditions? You know, how do you do that? I, um, it was fun the other day because um, one of the, uh, uh, one of our teenagers in our church actually had a birthday. And so we were able to go over my daughter and I and actually wish her a happy birthday. And so we decorated the truck and went over to her house and, you know, pulled in and said, happy birthday. And, you know, we made sure to keep all the social distancing stuff and all that thing. But at the same time, you know, what are some holiday and even um, birthday traditions that could actually help you as a family to incorporate ways of telling the stories of God's faithfulness? I think that's important for our kids to understand as well. And then the last thing I'd say, and I'm, I'm skipping the journaling part because I understand we already talked about that, but um, I think also that we can experience God's grace and love through the very acts of Jesus. Um, actually, at our church, when we meet for um, baptism or we meet for communion, which I know we haven't done for a while. We've been doing communion in the homes, which is great. And so, you know, we'll say, hey, grab some bread and grab some juice or something and, you know, sit down and have communion together, which actually is really nice because it's a good reminder to the family. Uh, And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, right? So we're we're remembering when we actually take communion. And in the same way, when we watch somebody who's being baptized, you know, we watch them sort of going down into the water and um, and it's sort of the dying to the old life and then resurrecting into a new kind of way of being, a new kind of life. Or in sprinkling, we're sort of washing, you know, the person clean. And so, so there's that image as well. And it's not just that they're doing it, but we as the people of God are seeing Seeing that, and so we're also participating in that, and so, so I think again, those are really important thing, things for us to think about. And one phrase that um, I used is that uh, you know, for the Hebrew, they're called to walk backwards into the future, and and the idea behind that is that they are actually keeping their eyes focused on all the amazing things that God has done. And they're bringing those memories with them into the future. And so, so I would just encourage us to continue to think about that and, you know, how it is that we can live into the reality more of who God is. So, so that's all yeah. I got to say, Ben, but it's been great to yeah. have some Yeah, no, that's good. And I'll, I'm sorry I'm slightly distracted there. Like I said, I'm probably like most, uh, most parents nowadays, um, Hope and I are resource parents um, to an awesome young lady, Tay, which made me actually think of something that you were talking about like in your takeaways, remembering God's work. Yes. If we can do that, that's fantastic. But being thankful, we even talked about this in the end of the Philippians series where there's usually when you're thankful for a situation, it has a way of pushing out anxiety. So either anxiety or thankfulness has a way of winning over. And so I think that that's really good. But the third one, share memories with your children. Um, On, it was on Sunday night. Uh, My wife and I with Tay are, uh, our awesome young lady that's living with us. Um, we were doing a bonfire. She's 11 years old. And I wish I could say I was some great parent in this moment, but Tay actually said, Hey, tell me a story. Like it's natural when you're around a fire to be like, tell me stories. Like, so she goes, tell me stories. And I'm like, okay, what kind of story you want? Tell me what you got. She's like, tell me a time where God actually spoke to you in your life. 
Like, and I thought, wow, there's this really profound and deep question. But even as you're retelling it um, now, obviously that was Sunday night, Sunday, I had already listened to the message. And so now I'm thinking through it going, man, that was, there was something powerful in that moment. Not, I hope not just for Tay, but something for me as I was retelling that, especially to, to Tayton, that, man, I was just reminded of God's faithfulness to me. And there's something about sharing our stories and sharing our memories with others that has a way of, of recapturing maybe some of those feelings, some of those emotions, and just understanding how God continues to move and work. So I don't know, as you, were, as you were telling that now, it just made me think of this awesome question that Tay asked. And I, like, I'm, I'm a pastor, so I wish I could say that I planned it out perfectly and that I didn't stumble <laughs> through my story and that I was used this as a come to Jesus moment. But it was more like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea, Tay. Like it was completely all her. And I just felt like I got to reap the benefit of that question. So yeah, I think that this is really good. Great takeaways. Um, just I'm going to bullet point them just so everybody remembers. Remember God. Re- remember God's work. Be thankful. Share memories, especially with your children. Develop traditions. Keep a journal and experience God's grace in life. I think that that's really yeah. good. Um, I think that's pretty much all that I have for today. So I'll say, Gary, thank you so much for your time and for yeah. doing overtime and sharing with us. Um, this week, for those that are listening, we're going to be doing a standalone message on 1 Samuel chapter 17, which is the kind of familiar and uh, well-known Bible passage of David and Goliath. Pretty excited for it. There's some truths that I think that we can continue to learn and glean uh, information from that I'll be excited to share. So thank you so much for joining us. Again, stay tuned to our website, to our Facebook, uh, our app, if you have that, as we are figuring out COVID-19 and what it means for us to be able to open. If you need something, please don't be afraid to contact the church. Uh, you can um, contact the church at info at clcfamily.church. You can call the office at 610-869-2140. And as always, if you have questions that you would like to talk uh, about whether they're concerning the message or not, we would always like to encourage you to uh, email us at overtime at clcfamily.church. We'd love for you to help participate in this conversation and in this dialogue. Otherwise, you're just stuck with me asking questions and trying to figure out content. So uh, I think that's all that we've got. I want to say thank you guys for joining, whether you're listening to this live or you're listening to this via our, our podcasts, uh, several different channels. Thank you so much for joining us. Gary, again, thank you for your time. Yeah. And you're uh, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, we hope you have a great week and we will see you next week for overtime. Adios. Bye.